Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? Okay, so on this week's episode, um, back in August of 2022, I had the honor of being interviewed by my dear friend, Kim McGregor. And I'm going to share her very lengthy bio because she is a very accomplished woman and very inspirational, as you will hear. Um, But she actually interviewed me to be on one of her, I don't know if she's doing a podcast, but um, she has a movement called I Believe She's Amazing, and she chose me. Um, She worked with Fortune 500 companies. She's an international award-winning publisher and best-selling author of three books and the founder of a global grassroots movement that went viral um, online. It's called I Believe She's Amazing. And her most important work is that she is a dedicated wife and mother of three young daughters. And let me tell you, these girls are incredible and her husband's incredible. I mean, looking at her and knowing her, you'd be like, "Ugh, she's just the person I want to hate, but you can't um, because she's that amazing. And so are her kids and her husband. So her journey, she's been through tons of challenging things and rewarding because she went from being an in-debt, unfulfilled, burnt out working mom with a marriage on the brink of divorce to running a successful multi-million dollar online business from home with a peaceful, thriving family life and a loving, healed marriage. So just when you think that that's like a lot... She's also been a brand ambassador with the prestigious luxury brand Arbonne for 12 years, and she's earned multiple trips around the world, been recognized for growth, including top five central nation for promotions, top 25 national power promoter, and top 11 national sponsorship. She's also trained on multiple in-person and virtual stages, including the Canadian National Conference and Path to Empower. Kim is on a mission to be healthy, vibrant, and fit in her 50s and beyond, and to empower others to look and feel their best. She's committed to helping thousands of people create wealth and time flexibility to live their most amazing life in all areas. I will put um, how to contact Kim in the show notes because... I mean, she's everywhere. That would just take us forever. And I want to get to this episode because it is, it's an hour long interview. We get deep, we go in the weeds, we're honest. And I think that you're really going to take some stuff away from this. That's my hope anyway. Anyway, let's get right to it. Welcome everybody to my first, I believe she's amazing in a few years. And we're going to have these regular interviews. But for my first interview, I chose one of my very best friends in the whole wide world. We've been friends for like a really long time. We've been together through a ton together, actually. And um, funny story, how we know each other, which actually I'll let you maybe even share. But I want to introduce you to one of the women who I think is the most amazing woman that I know that I'm so grateful to call one of my best friends. And that is my dear friend, Carly Gottlieb, Carly Cooper, Carly Gottlieb. (laughs) Thank you, Kimmy. Yes. You do know me originally as Carly Gottlieb, although I haven't said that in probably 30 years, but I I only ever think of you as Carly Gottlieb. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, yeah. So that a quick story of how we met. So Kim is actually, even though she doesn't look it, she's a little bit older than me, just a little. Um, but uh, so she was actually friends with my sister. I don't even think I was born yet. You were. But the, the our families were friends. We live, they lived like in the same area, whatever. And then fast forward, what, 25 years or something like that. Yeah. And um, I was being interviewed at Barney 
like yeah. the purple dinosaur yeah. Bernie <laughs> and um, at the company, not yeah. to be the dinosaur. <laughs> and, um, and I think you recognize my name who was, you know, you saw that I was being interviewed and you came in after and you're like, are you Carly Gottlieb? And I'm like, yeah, who are you gorgeous lady? And you mentioned who you were in the connection and I mean, I remember like the names, but I, I said, like, I said, is your mom? I said, oh, my mom's best friend was Shayla Gottlieb and she was married to Kenny. And you're like, that's my, those are my parents' names. Yeah. And then it was love ever since. Oh, it was. We bonded over IBS. Do you remember that? <laughs> How can I not? I, I was like, anyone who can talk freely about IBS and make it okay I was like, you're my soul sister. Exactly. We used to go on lunch dates. It was Carly and another one. short and we didn't eat much because of the IBS. <laughs> That's right. But that was like a topic of conversation. And yes, we hit it off right away. And we were, gosh, we were young. We were actually my, my mom was younger. <laughs> yeah. You were, you were younger for sure, but like five years. Um, and my mom, my mom hadn't passed away yet. I think I was like 20 seven so you would have been like 20 you were a baby man you were 22 yeah something like that you would have been 22 21 22 21, 22. and then we were we were instant buds and I know you know then you know we, we've been through so much life together for sure yeah. um yeah. lots lots has happened I had children before Carly and Carly's that was the first baby that I held remember Daddy that Maddie was the first baby and I had Maddie in one of those little seats on the island in our kitchen and, and Carly came over with Mark because you were dating Mark at the time and who became her husband who we're going to talk about in a minute and Carly walked up to the island and Maddie was like three months old and Carly just leaned up Carly you're going to see is like one of the funniest people I just my my girls my husband all of us were just like oh she's so funny always best company and she leaned over to Maddie at three months old and she was like shake a paw <laughs> I had no maternal bones in my body clearly I was like I don't know what to do with a baby but I know what to do with a dog shake a paw Maddie shake a paw it was the yeah. cutest I've told that story so many times to the kids and then Carly uh, married this awesome guy Mark and they went on to have this awesome child Jack who we are all madly in love with and my kids think about him like he's their younger brother he's going to be 16 at the end of this month which is cray cray um but yeah so we've been through a lot together but you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on Carly is because you continue, I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional because I didn't bring any freaking tissues with me. And I know I feel like I cry more than you do. Yeah. Do you have something you can share with me? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Poof. Um, but one of the reasons that I wanted to have Carly on is, oh, well, she has just been through such a crazy journey over the last year and a bit year and a half, really, it's pretty fresh. And through all of the personal growth that uh, Carly has done, and that's one of the things I think that's kept us really close as friends, is that we are just constantly inspired by one another. And over the years, we have really pushed in a really awesome way each other to to grow and to have converse we have those deep conversations we don't we don't really talk about people and bullshit stuff like we've always had a very deep connection um and talked about you know bigger picture things and we're both very transparent in our journeys to be our best selves and then you know you, you've had this this really what what would take a lot of people out um, with the passing of your husband. So let's go back a little bit and just talk about how, like before when we were friends in the, the beginning. And I remember when you actually came and said, like, I'm dating this guy, Mark. And he's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. He was one of those guys. He was, you know, funny and could, could go deep. He was also, uh, did a lot of personal growth work and, you know, I'm always, anybody who meets me in my world other than you and a, and a few others, like I'm the weird one. Like I'm the one who's like very woo woo, like talks to angels, uses essential oils, like does all the things that people are just like, are you a witch? Like, what is your problem? 
but it's just like, it's just in my DNA and it's who I am. And um, so anybody who comes into my world is either like, either just respectful at a distance, like, okay, you go do your thing and I'll be over here. Or they're sort of inspired by it and they want to learn from me and, you know, what am I doing? And, or they're the least open to it. And so Mark was very much in that category of like, he didn't do it on his own, but he was very open to it and very receptive to it. And, you know, like an avid student and he, you know, throughout his own life did his own personal growth and development. And he had mental health issues. He suffered from depression. Um, but he was the kind of guy that even in his dark times, he had a light. He was very kind and giving. And one of those guys that people gravitated to, he was a natural born leader. He was a camp director. He had influence and, um, he treated everybody equally, like the CEO of a company to the janitor and everybody in between. He was just that guy that made people feel really great. And so, you know, he did the work and and he continued to do the work and he, you know, he had moments in, we were together for 27 years and we were married for 20 and, you know, throughout our journey together and our life together, most of it was great. And there were some, I can point out like four key times in our life where he had setbacks and, but he always bounced back and he did the work and he, you know, and I always admired him for that. Um, and he was also very open and talked about it, you know, even in a time where it wasn't as popular to talk about it as it is now, it's like, everybody now has something yeah, and we all kind of wear it as like a badge of honor, but back in the day, even when I had my anxiety and panic attacks, like that was in my twenties and it was, I didn't talk about it. I was very ashamed to talk about it because I was always the strong one. And what would that look like? And, you know, now it's very different, but, um, so I always admired the fact that at least he tried, you know, he, he wasn't a victim and, um, but, and should I just like tell the story at this point? Um, so you know, once COVID hit, he also had suffered a couple concussions in his life and he got his fourth concussion end of 2016 and it rocked him, you know, and they say that the more concussions you get, the worse they get. And you can have, it can trigger depression and suicidal thoughts and all the things. And, you know, he was bedridden. It was very hard for him because he was one of those people that, he wanted to do so much and, and his, he, he, he felt like he could, but his brain couldn't catch up. Mm -hmm. And so that was a setback, but then he bounced back and he was okay. And then COVID hit and he's a camp director. And so the summer of 2020 camps did not run and his, his whole world, his whole persona, his identity, his legacy, everything was tied into him being a camp director. So it really threw him, like it made him question, like, who am I? Like, you know, as we all have moments of like, I know I've had this a thousand times of like being an imposter syndrome, having imposter syndrome and like, who the hell am I? And like questioning, like, I think if you're on any kind of personal growth journey, it's healthy to question who are your people and, you know, who am I and what am I doing? Like, I think it's important to constantly self-reflect and you know, check in and be like, am I good? Or where am I not good? Or how can I improve? Like, that's the journey. Right. And so that really threw him for a loop. And then, um, and then his dad got diagnosed, um, with a few different cancers and from diagnosis to death was four months. And the last two weeks of his father's, you know, sort of, slow, like his progression, he moved in and he like took care of his dad because it was during COVID. They didn't want to put him in palliative because then there would be like no visitors. And so he was at home. Um, and Mark was just like that person who just like sacrificed everything and put his dad first. And, um, and then when his dad passed, it was almost like Mark became manic and he, I mean, he was going through his own stuff with COVID and all of that. And he was on like this different plane, 
Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I mean, I always felt loved and supported by him and, and like, he was my biggest fan, but when he was in the state, he was literally like hanging on to every word I was saying. And I was like, you finally get me like, great. You know, like you're drinking the Kool-Aid and I'm fucking sorry. I'm a guru. Like, you know, he thought that I was like brilliant. So I kind of held on to that for a moment. And then I was like, "Mm, something doesn't feel right here. I'm I'm good at what I do, but I know I'm not that good, you know? And, um, and then obviously with anything like that, you sort of like come down and you come down hard and, um, you know, then he just, he was just, he couldn't get back. He couldn't get back from it between COVID and the uncertainty. They didn't know if camps were going to run again. And most people don't understand when it comes to camp. It's like, there is so much to do. It is a massive responsibility and it requires an entire year to prep. And we're now in like, they have a month to prep. And he was just like, could not wrap his head around that. There was a lot of other things going on. I'm just giving, you know, this, the surface stuff, but, um, and then, you know, I, I thought he was, I knew he was struggling, but, you know, I thought he was okay. And, you know, because again, he was a light, even in his dark times, he was still a beautiful soul and giving and kind and, there for others and all of that. And so, but, you know, unfortunately it, it, it all caught up to him and, uh, and he ended up taking his life in, in May of 2021. And, you know, obviously I never saw that coming. And certainly the people who knew and loved him definitely did not see that coming because, you know, they, because he didn't, he didn't show, he talked about that side of him. People knew. Yeah. And he, we've talked about this, you and I, we've often compared him to Robin Williams. Yeah. You know, where he was that funny, happy go lucky, great company kind of person who had a, who was struggling. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were really shocked when they heard about Robin Williams as well. And it was the same kind of thing. And so Um, yeah, obviously that rocked my world and I had a 14 year old son at the time and a new puppy and a dog and like all the things. And it's just sort of like, what now? Yeah. Now what? what? Yeah. I, I thank you for sharing all of that, Carly. And I, I just, I'll go back really quickly before we move forward and just say that, you know, I, first of all, I, I didn't know we didn't know as a family because our family is really close with the Cooper family. So Mark and Jack and Carly were like our, like our besties, you know, outside of our immediate family, like just for, for, forever. And we didn't know that he had concussions actually. And then we didn't know that he had any mental health issues until a couple of years prior when he opened up and, and my oldest daughter, Madison, Uh, was struggling with mental health with both depression and anxiety and my husband was struggling and Mark was there for them and I you know we used to go over and see each other for dinner and and it was you know my husband who's who's not an introvert but not like not like a big social person but absolutely loved Mark's company because he could speak so honestly as a man without that pretense and facade of what it's supposed to be. They just had like really good raw conversations. Um, and it was shocking for all of us when, when, when I got the news through our mutual friend that, that Mark had taken his life, like it, it rocked us all, but you're, I mean, he was such a phenomenal light. And even up until days, weeks before, um, he was still, you know, we would message Jeff, my husband online, or he would message the kids or he would message me, Hey, I'm just checking in. Like that was just him. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate you sharing all of that because, you know, mental health is such an, it's such an interesting phenomenon and it does play out in so many different ways. What I wanted to touch on too, Carly is just your take on how you've dealt with all of that. Like there, I, I'm just going to say three quick takeaways that I have noticed about how you've handled it. The first is just grace. You have had so much grace. Like 
this is a time when you could have been a total victim. Like suddenly you're a widow, you're a single mom, you're questioning yourself, your future, you're young, you're in your forties and you have never played the victim card ever. Um, number two is you, you got to work right away on what you needed to do for yourself and for Jack, for your son. And the third thing is you have only ever spoken highly about Mark and you've never, you've never, um, you've, you've only ever seen him for the amazing guy that he was. And you've accepted that that was his journey. And as much as it sucks and it's horrible, you still hold such high regard for him. And for all those three things, I have so much love and respect for you, but I want to go back to when it first happened. And what was that original thought in your head? Like what, what is that initial thought when you're like, Oh my God, everything has like, this has just happened. This most shocking things, probably one of the most horrendous things anyone could imagine happening in their life. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for all of that. Um, Look, for me to go back to the, to the day, I remember it, but it was also a blur, you know, like obviously like it was shock and trauma and all the things. And I just knew that I, despite the, all the things that you have to do and your new reality and all that, like that didn't really hit me right away. It was more just like, I had this really strong sense that I had to get okay. I had to be okay. That doesn't mean repressing it and, and pretending like it didn't happen and denying it and all that. It was more just like, I just have to be okay because now I'm all Jack has. I'm yeah. all these dogs have. Yeah. And I think the fact that because I've done 25 years of personal growth and development prior to anything really like, I mean, we all have stuff, but this was like a big thing. Yeah. Um, it sort of gave me a perspective that I don't know if I would have had before, because I, I always have this belief that there's always a lesson. There's always something to be learned. There's always, um, it's sometimes a tough pill to swallow to say that everything happens for a reason, but at the same time, I have this just innate ability to just always find a silver lining in something. And it doesn't come right away. Yeah. Um, sometimes you do have to look for it, but that's just sort of like how I'm wired. You're wiring. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I think it's because I've become that way. Like I've trained myself to become that way. And so I, I just, I kind of just got to work really quickly. And like you said, the first thing that I did was I knew I didn't want to move. Um, it happened in, in my house that I'm currently in and I didn't want to move um, because my world is here. My son's world is here. I couldn't begin to wrap my head around that. So I was just like, and again, I'm not saying these were all like really conscious thoughts and decisions, yeah. but this is sort of like the overall feeling that I was feeling was, um, I'm okay with, or I'm prepared to feel all the feels, the sadness, the anger, the, the questioning, all that. I just didn't want to feel freaked out. I didn't want to feel scared because mm -hmm. that to me is far more debilitating than being sad or frustrated mm -hmm. or angry. Like that gets in the way, but I felt like I could move through that faster than if I was paralyzed with fear. Yeah. And so what I did is I you know, I have to say, I believe in therapy and help and all that. I'm a because of what I do, I'm a life coach. And because I've studied so much, I know myself so well yeah. that I'm a little bit, um, skeptical, <laughs> not skeptical. I'm a little bit arrogant about talk therapy for me, for me, because I feel like they're just going to ask me questions that I've talked to myself a gazillion times in my head. Like, tell me something I don't know. Right. But what I, the kind of help that I did get was EMDR, Maybe. which e, it stands for I something, something, something. You'll just have to know. Desensitization. Yeah. Yes. And that is a, a therapy that is specific for trauma and grief. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to spend too much time explaining what it is, but it really gets under the hood yeah. and desensitizes the traumatic experience. And yeah. that's what I needed because 
you know, I can still go back in my mind and picture things, but I am, it's just a picture. It doesn't like affect me. It doesn't desensitize me. I mean, it it doesn't like freak me out in the way that it did. That was the very first thing I did. And once I got back to a place of sort of neutrality, then I could be like, okay, now I can show up and deal with everything else, which for me, and I'm not saying that this is the way and the only way, um, but for me, I am somebody that needs to spring into action because I have anxiety. And if I, a, a pending task or something that is just like hanging over my head will create more anxiety for me. So if I just sort of put my blinders on and focus and do all the things, then a, it's a distraction, let's face it. And it's also just like crossing the things off the list because unfortunately there's a, a lot to do. You can can to do, um, with, with just dealing with the logistics and, you know, mortgage, insurance, life, like all the things that, again, I did things and I knew where things were, but you know, I think in any partnership, it's like, I'll do this, you do this. And you know, he dealt with certain things and I dealt with certain things. And now I had to figure it all out. And so one of the biggest lessons that I learned and that I had to do very quickly was to ask for help because I'm not good at that. Yeah. Um, and to receive it. That's another thing that I'm, I'm still learning how to do that, yeah. but I think where, you know, I think I'm, I'm a fiercely independent, like you, I'm a fiercely independent person, very ambitious type a, you know, all of that stuff. And you know what, when you are faced with something like this, you got to give that up yeah. because it doesn't serve you. Yeah. And the truth is, is you know, thank God I have so many wonderful people in my life. I have a really good army of people yeah. around me. Yeah. And, you know, I created that, but yeah. at the same time, like you have to nurture that. Yeah. And it was, nobody knows what to do for you. Yeah. And everybody wants to do something. And, you know, for I have a, a great friend who is in insurance. I'm like, can you help me fill out these forms? Because yeah. I don't know how to do it. I don't have the bandwidth to figure it out. And it was his pleasure. And, you know, my brother helped me with like the banking things and took his car. And like, there are people that want to do things for you. Yeah. And I say like, it doesn't take, it shouldn't take a tragedy. I'm saying this as like a takeaway for everybody listening is ask for help and learn how to receive it because I'm an excellent giver. It's for me so much easier for me to give. Yeah. Than it is to receive, yeah. but I'm learning and I've had to learn and I continue to learn how to accept that support mm-hmm. because you need it. And it saved me. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I got, I did all the, the business stuff first and I don't know. I just, and then I was like, I, I need to change this environment. Um, you know, for me, like we were at a point where we were talking about renovating anyway. And I was like, you know what, I need to declutter this place. I need to get rid of stuff. I'm not somebody who needs to be surrounded by a lot of stuff that actually creates more anxiety for me. Cause it's like chaos and clutter. And I, so I spent the next seven months renovating, decluttering, getting rid of stuff, like changing the energy in here, um, making it fresh and new, because again, I knew I wanted to stay, but I needed to change it enough to feel different and, and I, I learned feng shui, you know, yeah. and, and I was like, if I'm going to be intentional about this, let me learn how to do it. And I'm very basic feng shui, but like a little, every, in my eyes, everything counts. Everything yes. helps. Yes. And so I did that. And then the hard part for me was really in January, this past January, 2022, because renovations were done. Everything was done. And now I have to sit in the quiet. Yeah. I have to sit in it. I was distracted. Yeah. And I was working. Like I had decided, like, I, I'm not going to work because yeah. I just, I mean, there's a million other things I have to focus on. And it was winter and it's dark yeah. and cold. And I'm not a winter person anyway. Yeah. And it was like, 
Now I got to sit in the shit. Oh yeah. And it was hard. It was, you know, it, and I hired myself a coach to, and she's like, I don't even know how to define what she is because you think I'm woo. She's like, like, <laughs> woo, woo, woo. <laughs> woo, woo. and I love it. Like she's intuitive and she like, I was doing rituals. I got an altar with crystals, like never drinking anybody's blood for the record. And I won't, <laughs> that's part, I won't go that far, but you know, like she was helping me. Like we, we did womb healing. I did energy healing. I like, I had to literally heal. Yeah. And she's like, have you gotten angry? And I'm like, no, she's like, you have to scream and get angry. Like I had to learn how to let it out. Yeah. Because like you said, I, I had a certain compassion and empathy for him. Yeah. I, you know, as sad as I was, and yes, there was anger and there were moments of frustration and how could you, and all of the things I never felt you know, I know that some people around suicide think it's the most selfish act. And, and I, I get that. Mm-hmm. I never felt that. I yeah. never felt that. I, I always felt like for him to do it again, I'm speaking specifically for my situation for him to do it. It must have been, I almost feel like it was an act of love. I know that for, again, I'm speaking very specifically to my situation. So you know, I'm not making a general statement about it. Um, I obviously would have never asked for that or wanted that. Um, it was also, I, I, I still believe to this moment that because I saw him that morning and I spoke to him that morning and I, my spidey senses didn't go off. I didn't think that that was going to happen. So I still believe that something in the moment just snapped and took over. I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. So I was just, I never felt like you did that. Like, you know, I, I felt sad that it, it, that it came to that for him and that he was suffering so much that that's what he felt he had to do. And, you know, so, um, yeah, I, I never, I don't know where I, I lost my, you were, you were just saying, thank you so much for sharing all that car, but yeah, I was going to go back for a second to, to your, your coach saying, have you ever gotten angry? And like, you need to get angry because as much as you have this compassion, empathy around him and the circumstances and, 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 and the sadness for how deep that pain must've been for him there is, there are still cycles of grief and mourning. And one of them is anger. And yeah. anger is one of the deepest, darkest emotions that all of us as humans feel the whole gamut of emotions. And so you're right to, to repress that anger, even unconsciously is, can actually come back to bite you. It can be a very unhealthy thing. Um, and I remember a therapist saying that to me, like, did you ever cry or scream or do any of this, but go ahead and just share, like, how did you move through that? Um, because I literally, I literally had to learn to scream and punch a pillow and just, again, not even for anything specific, just in general, because I think the trap that I fell into with personal growth and development and, you know, I believe in the law of attraction and the energy you put out is what you give it uh, get, get back. And so it's almost like this fine line of like, well, you don't want to put out anything negative because are you going to then attract the negative? Right. Um, and so I would always self-correct and, and positive affirmation my way out of feelings for a very long time. Yeah. Actually more detrimental to do that because, you know, the universe picks up on the feelings, not the words. And so you can pretend that you're great and happy and you can say all these positive affirmations, but if the feeling that you have behind those words is still bitterness and anger and frustration, and you're like, I feel happy today, but you're like, you know, that's the stuff that the universe picks up on. So you're not kidding anybody, right? And so it's better to take the time to really feel the feelings and move through it and and I say the only way through is through like, it's yes. the only way through. Yes. And so I just gave myself that permission to just be in a bad mood or be irritated or feel angry or have a shit day or 
also have a good day. And, you know, I think that that's another thing too, is like, you know, a lot of people would be like, you know, when it would come up to the anniversary or it was his birthday, or it was like just one of those milestone dates, they'd be like, you know, I know this, it's, it's going to be a really hard day for you and all that. And I know that their heart was in the right place and that was good intention, but I sort of thought to myself, well, what if it doesn't have to be a bad day? Like that's you putting that, that's you projecting on me. Yeah. And like, I feel like if I hadn't done the work that I'd done, maybe I would have taken that on and be like, oh, you know what? I feel guilty for, for laughing today when yeah. you should be sad. And so I learned to just sort of be wherever I was, whether it was happy or sad or negative or positive in any way. I was just like, this is where I am today. And I accept that and I'm in it and that's okay. Yeah. And you know, I also took a step back. I didn't post anything on social media for a year. I didn't show up on social media for a year. And I was someone who was building a business for 15 years and I was posting every day. And I just sort of felt like, you know, I don't know about you. I I sort of feel like you're like this too, but like when you learn something, you want to teach it, you want to share it with everybody because it's like, it works for you. Or it's like a concept that really like spoke to you and you you're a natural born teacher like I am yeah and so that was always my instinct was like oh this is like a great nugget and I want to share it and help others but I sort of had this feeling that these lessons and this time is just for me yeah and I didn't even have the words to articulate it yeah and so I was like you know my close friends knew what was going on with me but I almost didn't want to share it it felt too private yeah and it felt it just for me, because I know people deal with grief differently and some people need that support and, and that's great. Yeah. But for me, um, again, my close friends knew, and I did have that support, but I didn't want to blast it out. Yeah. And that was also a really important thing for me. I, I I've said this so often that I feel like I really was like, a I was cocooning. I was yeah. like the caterpillar who was just going through the discomfort and the ugly stage. And it was only until, um, I guess, June of this, like two months ago. Two so months it's been ago. over a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. Where I've finally felt like I could get back out there. Like, I almost feel like the butterfly if I can continue. Yeah. And just like, you know, and and just start to share a little bit and start to come out a little bit and talk about it, but still very, um, like you said earlier, one of the things is that, you know, I've always sort of honored him and I will continue to, there's things that I will never share. And there are things that will always be kept sacred and private. And I will always, um, have a place in my heart for him. I am learning to open that up and I've healed in many ways. It's, it's still ongoing, but, um, it's just very recently that I've actually been able to open my heart up, um, and, and to be able to move forward in that way. But it's been, it's been a time. (laughs) It's been an intense time. It's been so intense. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, EMDR, my oldest daughter, who has a, a, a genetic health condition, did EMDR as well. And um, it was incredible for her. And, and the, they, my, my three daughters, as you may know, they work with an organization called Team, T-E-A-M.org. And it was founded by um, a young woman, Mackenzie whose sister took her life when she was just 17, Shelby. And it literally just changed the trajectory for Mackenzie. And Maddie and Mackenzie found each other randomly on Instagram. And they are all like best friends. You know, Mackenzie lives in in San Francisco. We live in Toronto. But my three girls help her run this part of of her organization team, which is all about teaching everyone about mental health. And she did EMDR. That was how I learned about it um, for Maddie to be able to use that. So as much as like, I, I just wanted to go back and reframe that again, because I think there are so many really phenomenal modalities that can help people through any sort of mental health challenges that they're facing. But EMDR, as you said, for trauma, 
for deep rooted trauma, which God, what you went through is like, again, like top of the list of trauma is really great. And I think that I just wanted to go back and, and say that because I think that by you making the intuitive choice to do that first, I think that it helped you reassign what could have been an emotion that could have dragged you down for years, maybe even decades. And it allowed you to, to reassign that emotion and that image and all of the things that I'm sure were experienced in, in, you know, when all of this happened and then to build on that. And I know that you have read so many books and you've gone through so much again about healing your heart and opening yourself up again. And, you know, I, I, am sure that there, the journey inward is just so, so phenomenal, but I love that you shared that you're able to give yourself the opportunity to have whatever you're feeling in the moment. And I learned, I am 53 now, but I'm learning that from my kids and they're learning it from this organization that they work with. And it's benefiting me and my marriage because my husband suffers with depression and anxiety and it's benefiting me as a human being as well. And saying, you know, my kids will say like, very similar. We're so, we're so, we're such soul sisters car, but it's like, you can start out not having a great day and actually calling out those negative emotions, whatever it is that you're feeling is so much healthier than just like covering it up. And let's just do a bunch of affirmations and get our way out of it. Like, yes, there are tools, you don't want to stay stuck in it forever, but feel the feels and allow yourself to transition through it. And then you can move on and then you can start to change your vibe again with whatever else it is that makes you start to come alive again. But I think that's so important for you to share that it wasn't like you had this easy path, you know, this journey over the last year and year and a bit, you've really done some really deep, dark work. And I commend you for that. I, again, I just think it's, and I see it reflected in Jack and how he feels and you guys are close and the way that you can talk about Mark without breaking down into tears, but with a really healthy reframe. So I, I just wanted to call that out and just say how awesome I think you are. But I wanted to move on to how you've opened up your heart now and allowed yourself to feel again. And you're young, you know, you're just 48 and you still have like your whole life ahead of you. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how that has felt now as as a widow, like what a crazy term. You just, nobody ever really wants that, at, especially not at 48 and especially not the way it came so sudden and drastic and unexpected. But how does it feel now to be at this stage of life where you, you know, I'm obviously the journey isn't over. Like there's so much that's going to continue to come up and that's the beauty of, of the life journey. But how are you feeling with that new level of awareness of who Carly is and how much more you have to open up and give? You know, it's interesting because I, um, my, one of the big thoughts that I had throughout the year was, you know, I feel too young to be alone for the rest of my life, but too yeah. old to start over. Right. right. Oh. And I, I, you know, I met Mark when I was 19, we were together 27 years. I haven't been on a date since 1994. Like there was no internet. I would, you know what I mean? And so I didn't date in my twenties, thirties, forties, and I don't know what that looks like. And the idea of it because of the apps and all the things like I am a serial monogamist. Yeah. I am not somebody who wants to play the field and like, you know, all of those things. And now all of a sudden I'm like faced with that. Yeah. And, um, so that was really daunting. And I, I tried a couple of times more out of curiosity. And my coach actually said, just go on the apps, not necessarily to find the one, but like to start talking to men again and like, you know, to receive compliments. Cause again, I'm terrible at receiving. And like, I would immediately, like, if someone said to me, oh, on an app, like, oh, I think you're attractive. I'd be like, well, what does he want? And like, I'd just get really skeptical and like walls go up and it's like, nope, you know? And so I was just so closed off to that idea. And also my heart was still very wounded. Yeah. And even before Mark, like before this happened, you know, part of my stuff was like suffering with abandonment issues and like attachment things. And like, just from like life and, and things that happen. And, you know, because Mark was a camp director, he, 
you know, he was gone four months of the year. So I know that he didn't actually abandon me, but it, it was the same feelings, you know, of yeah, just like having to be alone and all the things. And so, you know, I had stuff prior yeah. to, we all have baggage in our life, you know, and it's going to show up and continue to show up until yeah. you face it and until you feel it. Yeah. And so, you know, I had walls up, I was guarded. I like needed now to really protect my heart. I had trust issues and like all the things. And so the idea of going on a dating app or like meeting a stranger in that way was like, I can't, like, I don't understand. And so I had to like do a lot of work around that. And, you know, I tried it and I shut it down a bunch of times. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then, and then I got to work manifesting, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. sort of the only way I can sort of control something that is completely not within your control. Yeah. And what was different this time, the way I did it was, you know, I think the way manifestation can be taught is, you know, you write out all the features of what you want someone to look like and all the things. And um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't and whatever, but I, I learned a new way and it was, how do you want to feel in a relationship? Mm. So it's not just like, I want him to be tall and dark and handsome and all the things, but how do you want to feel? Yeah. So I wrote out a list of, I want to feel secure. I want to feel safe. I want to feel loved. I want to feel nurtured. I want to feel like it's home. I want to feel comforted. I want to feel comfortable. I want to, all the things. And I would just not even read it every day, but like feel that, you yeah. know, and when I would go walk my dog in the morning. I would like listen to music and I would think about that. And, you know, and people would look, people were like, ah, I'm not worried about you. Like, you'll be fine. But like, I, I have a very high set of standards and, yeah. you know, what I want and what I'm looking for. Look, I felt very loved and, and, and adored by Mark. Yeah. And I was lucky to have that. You had a special relationship for sure. Yeah. I was lucky. Not everybody feels that from yeah. their partner. Right. Um, and my situation was different too, because my marriage ended abruptly. It wasn't like it was a divorce or, you know, like one of us left and the other, like it just, it just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I woke up one morning thinking I'm married and the next hour I'm a widow, like, you know, and so it just, it was just, there was a lot. And so um, anyway, long story short, I was at a friend's house and I noticed that Facebook had a dating app and I was curious about it, really had no intention of filling out a profile, but you know, when you're curious and you want to get to the next page, you're filling out a profile <laughs> and you don't even realize it. And it was a terrible profile, by the way, because I was like, let me just get to the next page. Here's a picture, here's the thing. Um, and anyway, I, I matched with somebody. I didn't really think much of it. And, um, you know, we just got to talking and we just continued to talk and we, and I just, I decided because of all the work that I had done prior to this, but also in this past year, mm. I'm a different person. Yeah. I've been forced to become a different person, mm -hmm. forced into it, but it was a choice, right? Yes. Like I chose yes. to do the work and I, and I got very clear about, okay, I was given a second chance, not one that I asked for, but I have two choices. I could either, like you said earlier, like curl up into the fetal position and, and never get out of bed yeah. or I can make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And I chose to make the most of it. And mm -hmm. what that looked like was me getting super clear and confident in who I was mm -hmm. and what I will and will not put up with anymore. Mm. One and, of the of age. <laughs> right, absolutely. And I was just like, I'm not playing games. I know exactly, you know, what I want, who, you know, like obviously room to bend and, you know, not everything's yeah. a deal breaker, but like, um, you know, I'm very clear. And I'm also, here's the other gift of it all. I know how capable I am of being on my own. I know where all my money is. I know where all my stuff is. I, I can, it was not an education I asked for. Yeah. So glad that I have it. And I would say that to all the women out there who are going to listen, married, single, whatever, 
know your stuff, know where your stuff is, especially if you're still in a relationship, find out where, find out passwords, find out bank accounts, just know where things are. Is your name on the mortgage? Is it not? Find out where the deed of the house is. Like all these things, you don't have to do anything with it. Just know where it is because that way you're prepared. If God forbid something happens and you're on un- that's unexpected, yeah. it'll just save you a lot of time and frustration. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to know that stuff anyway. For you sure. know, yeah. I don't, I don't understand investments, but I've hired somebody who does it and, yeah. uh, and I trust them and they can do it. You don't have to learn stocks and bonds and all the things, but like, just know where your stuff is. Yeah. So you know, this past year I've had to be that I've had to do everything, you know, obviously I've had help, but I've had to do everything and I'm grateful for that, yeah. but I'm also at a place where I don't want to do it anymore. Right. You know, I think we're just, you know, especially modern women who are working and we're strong and we're ambitious and we're, you know, we're very much myself included operating from a very masculine energy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And what I've had to learn is to step back and and get more into my feminine energy and you need both. Yeah. Right. But, but I was so imbalanced in the masculine energy Mm -hmm. and the feminine energy is more like the nurturing, the softness being in flow. It's not being like barefoot and pregnant in the house. It's, you can still do all the things, but it's a different approach. And it's like, it's softer. Yeah. You know, and, and so I've had to learn to really step into that. Yeah. I got to a place where I was like, I want someone to take care of me Yeah. now, you know, like, I don't want to be the strong one all the time. I know I can be, I know I'm capable of it. And I'm not talking about a victim and a damsel in distress. And I need to be saved by a man. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I don't want to change a light bulb and I don't want to mow a lawn and I don't want to like do all those things. And I don't want to barbecue. I'm glad I know how, but you do it. You know, <laughs> it's those kinds of things that I'm talking about. Yeah. And, um, anyway, long story short, I met someone and you know, it's, it's been amazing. And, and he's wonderful because he has that ability to, to see me where I'm at and, and be patient and nurturing and caring through it all. And, you know, we have a very deep connection in a very short time and I manifested him. (laughs) He checks off the boxes and, you know, so it's, you know, I think that things show up when you're ready for them. Um, but you have to be open to receive them and, Mm -hmm. That's been my ongoing journey and that's where I continue to learn. But I think that the beautiful thing of any relationship or the relationship that I'm in now is that you should challenge each other and, you know, call each other lovingly on your shit so you can evolve together and grow together. You know, I think that's what makes something sustainable. And, um, so I feel very blessed. Um, we're still sort of like, how, how has this happened in such a short time and how did it happen? But you know what? I think it's when it's all, it's the things you pray for. And then when they happen, you're like, well, this can't be real. And we sabotage it. It's like, but things should be that that easy. Um, so, you know, it's, um, and in a lot of ways, and, and I, I hope people understand this, this is my woo coming out, but, um, you know, I would talk to Mark a lot in this past year. And I said to him, look, if it's not too awkward for you, I know that you're still looking out for Jack and I, and if it's not too weird for you, you know, I'd love for you to have a hand in who, who comes into my world next. And I do, I believe he had a hand in it. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally do. And that was his nature. And that was the nature of you, you both loving and respecting each other so much. Um, What a, what a fascinating journey. And I know Carly was just over at our place, actually this week, (laughs) we had lunch together, my girls and her and I, and it was just, you just, uh, honestly, like I just left, I was on a walk afterwards and it was, that was when I got the download, like Carly's going to be your first guest on this. She was like, yeah, baby, I'm up for it. Let's do it. So I feel like we need to do a part two because this is, 
all still so new with what you're doing, but I, I, I think that what you have just shared so candidly and with so much strength and so much work that has gone into getting you where you are, that you are going to give so many people hope that whatever they face, they can maneuver through it. Not, not perfectly, but there is no such thing as perfect, but with real determination and intention and focus on what the outcome is. And that is for you to be grounded and strong enough to go on and, and, and continue to have a great life and keep what you had with Mark in a really great and sacred place and also continue to live your life. So I thank you so much for sharing that. And this is, I believe she's amazing. And you know how much I think you're so amazing. And I'm, and I'm so grateful for our, gosh, we've known each other longer than you knew Mark. So I don't know how long it's been. It's like 30 something years that we've been friends. It's a crazy amount of time. Um, so my, my question to you before, before we sign, I like this hour has gone by so stinking fast. Yeah, I know is, um, who like, and it doesn't have to be somebody that, you know, it could be somebody that you look up to or admire or a celebrity or a figure or an author. Who are the women in your life that you think are amazing? Um, Obviously, or, you, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I know. Look, I know your stuff and your journey, and 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 you have always, always done it with such grace and dignity and kindness. And you have. I always say this to my friends when I like describe you. I'm like, she is the most stunning person that you want to hate, but you can't because she like outwardly. I mean, obvi, but like you're just, you, you exude kindness and authenticity. And, you know, I see how you've raised you and Jeff have raised your girls. And I'm like, you know me, I mean, look, I, I love my son. I would do anything for him. I'm not the most maternal person. Like anybody <laughs> who knows that, like, I don't need to hold a baby. I've like, I've never been like that. Yeah. And yet your girls have always been at all ages, I'm so impressed with them. Like, and they're just beautiful souls and they're just smart. And like all the things that like, I've always considered them to be my peers, even when they were seven. Like, I was just like, we're the same and we can talk about life. And like, I don't have to like talk down to you and patronize you. Cause you're like super smart. And it is such a testament to like you and Jeff and how you've raised them. And, and just, Thanks. I don't know, like, I'm literally not like blowing smoke because I can't get anyone else. Like I would really choose you like all the time because I just, I'm in such not even awe cause it's who you are and it's who you've always been, but you know, and you've had shit, you've had a ton of stuff in your life. And like looking at you, people will judge and jump to conclusions and be like, Oh, she's had it so easy. And look at her. They don't know. They don't have a clue. And I think that that's really speaks to your character how you can carry on and go through life and still have this zest, even when you've been like beaten down time and time again. Uh, so I would say hands down award goes to you, babe. Huh. Well, thanks. See, I got to learn how to receive too. So thank you. I know it's so uncomfortable. It really well, is. A good giver. <laughs> yeah. I know you're a great giver. I'm just like, okay. Every fiber in my being is like, ah, it's because I know it's like, Oh, stop it. Yeah. Exactly. But yes. thank you. And I think Keeping each other, always yeah. each other, honestly. And, and Jack is like, you like for someone who's not maternal, damn good parents, you and Mark, like awesome and phenomenal mom. Like you just have such a phenomenal relationship with Jack. Well, um, thank you for being my first, the first, the first bestie. First. Yay. Uh, we're going to have to do a part two at some point because yeah. Um, and, and I'm going to include below links. I know you're sort of just coming out of hibernation after your, your sabbatical from your work as a life coach and, you know, running your business. And you'll let me know if there's links that you want to include where people can find you, because I have a hunch that you will get some people that will, may want to reach out and connect. So you can sort of take that, play that by ear, but 
I love you, sister. I love you. So, so much. Thank you for this. And um, yeah, I just love you to bits and pieces. I love you so much. Thank you. And thank you everybody for joining us. All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to this So That Just Happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at at Coach Carly. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.